Welcome back to another show. When Jason left the Air Force after six years of service, he was terrified of becoming another homeless vet. While he tried some other conventional jobs, he couldn't shake his calling as an artist. Constantly obsessed with finding the light, he decided to put all of his efforts into making a fine art career work. Now, he runs a fine art business, which has supported him by generating over 100,000 in sales per year over the last 10 years, and that's including this pandemic-riddled 2020. His work has taken him all over the globe, which I think is cool, from the U.S. to Abu Dhabi to Indonesia. He's even been published in National Geographic. He's going to share his story and lessons he's learned supporting himself as an artist over the past decade, including, these are some big lessons, how to overcome the, quote, starving artist mindset. Over $4 billion of art is sold online each year, according to Jason. According to Jason, the real challenge is navigating that ocean to find collectors. The big breakthrough that shifted his art sales, marketing his work like a luxury product, and why you can't ignore the business of being an artist if you want to survive. Before I bring him on, let's break the ice. Jason, which platform do you stream your podcast shows through? Apple iTunes. Apple iTunes. Me too. It's easy. It's on the phone. Everything in one place. Thank you for sharing and welcome back to That Entrepreneur Show. I am your host, Vincent A. Lancey. You can learn more about me at Vincent A. Lancey across social media, YouTube, or my website, vincentalancey.com. For those of you new to the show, each week since December 2019, I've interviewed the founder of a company or brand to share what worked well for them, what they needed to improve on, and all of their learning lessons along the way. There are a lot of bonus episodes for you to scroll through as well. We have the Rewind the Clock series where I bring back previous guests to update you on their journey and the Gasparilla Overload series. There's two of those. You never know which motivational journey will inspire you most. You learn their successes and lessons learned. Jason is an artist, author, United States Air Force veteran, and an educator. He is from New York City and has traveled extensively, both while he was in the military, as he called not-so-nice places, and for his career as a photographer, he says very nice places. <laughs> when he started TASA, or The Art of Selling Art, it was, help, it was a way to help a handful of friends grow their businesses through the lessons he has learned along the way. But since then, it's become a major part of his life and wouldn't want to have it any other way. From New York City to Seattle now in his studio loft, and he borrows his neighbor's husky who knows how to open his door for treats. I'm excited to learn his journey, what worked well, what didn't, and so much more. Jason, Matthias, thank you so much for joining the show. Hey, thanks, man. I, I appreciate you. You know, the uh, I don't think it was as much that I couldn't shake my desire or drive to be an artist as much as it was that the real world wouldn't take me. But, We're going to uh, learn all about it. I can't wait. Yeah. It's, 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 um, well, thank you. Right. That was an awesome introduction. Yeah, please. I, would you mind introducing yourself to our listeners on the personal note before we dive into business talk? This segment is sponsored by Bedrock Business Builders a small business startup specialist. Start, build, manage. All right. Well, so, so I'm a photographer and public speaker and, and I wrote a book and all that stuff. But, 
Uh, I'm just a regular dude who does a very regular job. Um, I have a dry sense of humor and uh, I spend way too much online. Maybe make too much time online, like like everyone else. So just a, just a regular guy, and I, I use a camera to express myself. I'm looking forward to learning how you went from serving our country to owning your own business, utilizing your camera. Were you always interested in camera, photo class, and school, or is this something you picked up on after service? Uh, so, no, I I started in school on film, and then. That was happening about the same time where I started to believe I couldn't be an artist. So I didn't pick up a camera again until I was in North Pole, Alaska. I was stationed up there and I was uh, just doing a bunch of backcountry solo hiking and none of my friends, colleagues would believe any of my ridiculous stories about stuff you find in Alaska when you're all by yourself. So the the camera thing started started then the art thing started when i was young and there's a big gap in between when i thought that i needed to be uh is someone who does something more tangible for a living you know because it was the 80s you know i grew up in the 80s 90s uh graduated in 2005 i'm 35 years old and during you know the, that was before or at the very beginning of creative expression being a, a real part of everything we do. Mm-hmm. Like nowadays, everything is a photograph or a piece of art in marketing. So artists now are in demand versus when I was in school, they, they really weren't. Thank you for sharing that. And you could see how things just change and progress. Now we're almost in a completely digital age with some things. I'm sure the marketing outlook at a college is a little different, but when you were, when you finally got on your feet with photo, what was your initial goals with it? You know, so my, my first goal was always to be a professional day trader who could travel and take pictures as a hobby. And um, it ended up being the other way around. I, I travel and take pictures and I trade as a hobby. But my, my first goals as a business was simply to be able to feed myself, you know, be able to not have to worry about the next months bills Mm -hmm. and i I really don't think that's very different from people in most jobs um let alone you know working for yourself as a creative so small goals and um it's interesting that what i thought i would be once i started making that money um is very different than uh what it's like here where i finally like you know, in the beginning, the beginning of me would have said that I've made it now. It, it's just like the world is different here. I don't yeah. know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, the, it just things just keep changing. You got to adapt and you got to find happiness. I think you're doing just that. You stuck to it. And it's funny how things don't always work out. You wanted to be a day trader, take photos on the side. But sometimes things just work out a little differently. You pivoted, you adapted. But since you've been on your own here, Jason, what would you say two of the hardest parts of entrepreneurship are for you? I was thinking about this question earlier because I knew I knew you were going to ask it. Um, you, you've heard of the ABCs of sales, right? Always be closing. That was how sales used to be um, up until the information age really became part of what we do. So now, and I learned this from Daniel Pink, the ABCs are now attunement, buoyancy, and clarity. And I think that the hardest part of the ABCs of sales, because you know I make art, but I sell art for a living, so I, I sell a product. The hardest part of that is the buoyancy part, 
the, the ability to float in a sea of rejection. And, you know, I was talking about this on a, on a Twitter space that without this flexibility and resilience, like, I don't, I don't think I could, I don't think I could stand in a, in any career in which I live off the sales of, of my own stuff. The flexibility so is huge. I love that. Yeah, please keep going. Yes. I think that's the number one, you know, for instance, I, I'm not in my studio in Seattle. I'm in Miami right now. And I just did the biggest art expo in the country, um, art event, Art Basel. And I am 98% sure that I am the first self-represented landscape photographer to have his own gallery at any of the big 10 expos. That's amazing. So Congrats, man. I didn't sell anything. <laughs> I didn't sell anything. Post-COVID year, it, there's a lot of things that you know weren't perfect, but um so so that buoyancy is like how do i do that you know this was a 40k expenditure just to show up here but i i planned with a bit of a safety net so that I, i'm still here in miami because i'm doing all the home consults and, and closing those sales after the fact which i never would have known to do in the past if i hadn't already been here before with other work um but but that's just the thing like like there was moments during the five days of our Basel that I was starting to feel pretty crushed. And, uh, but in, in the three days following, I've, I've already covered costs. So it, it's, it's pretty cool, but it's, you just gotta, you gotta be able to take the hits and, and, and know that there's no limit to the amount of times you can get up. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate when all my guests come on here and they share their vulnerable moments because you probably, Although it wasn't fun and it wasn't ideal at the time, I'm sure there was a learning lesson or two from that event. Could you share some of those? I, okay, so, I mean, broader learning events. Uh, so the economists were really planning on a economic rebound after COVID. So when I was, or, or post the, first major COVID, right? Because we're kind of on our way out, sans Omicron. Um, so they were, they were planning on this. And that's what I was basing my investment and time and doing our Basel on this first Basel after COVID. But the web of interconnectivity is huge. So I kind of learned that um, in terms of market research, that you, you have to be a bit broader on, on how you research the things in conventions and places you're gonna show up in your business beyond the, the narrow focus of the people who are just interested in that business. So the, so the economists who are just interested in the growth of GDP and expectation uh, were laser focused on the psychology of, of people after being held in a pandemic. While they're not being focused on, we've never had an economy like we do today where everything is so interdependent that you you put the speed bump in the wrong place and it backs up traffic for you for years and that that's what's happening with a lot of businesses right now that's what happened at basel 10 percent of the normal attendance this year at, at the expo that i was at at least uh and, and that's a big deal so i actually think it's um you know adjusting my perspective that way for me to come out breaking even which is pretty much where i'm at right now is actually a fair accomplishment and um and i just have to to maximize or to maximize what i've what i've done so far 
and the people like that and all that. I love what you just said there, just changing your perspective. You came out and you're seeing the light in something. Thank you for sharing that story and thank you for reacting that way. Before we dive into finding out who today's guests would choose to sit down with when we speak in terms of any entrepreneur, dead or alive, I would like to quickly share that this month's episodes are also going to be brought to you by a former episode, again, Sunny's Wellness CBD. They're great for any type of stress, anxiety, pain, or swelling. And above all, they are also an eco-friendly CBD brand. They will be an awesome addition to anyone's daily routine or regimen. Head to sunnyswellness.com and check out all they have to offer. I now want to dig into your brain a little deeper here, Jason. If you could choose to have a conversation with any entrepreneur, dead or alive, who would you choose? You know, so Peter Lake is the guy who's sort of at the top of this photography experience, photography, landscape photography game. And he had first mover advantage in modern photography, but I would still love to figure out how he can run 11 or 12 galleries around the country, even through COVID and, and maintain such an awesome profit margin with his work. It's amazing. He's the highest in the landscape photographer out there. But on a creative sense, one of the things that I've really always wanted to do was expand into fantasy commercial work or highly imaginative commercial work. And I have, uh, I've not been able, up until recently, I haven't really been able to push myself in, in that direction. And so, so I would like to talk to Eric Amos, who's an artist and a photographer and a, and a wildly successful visual entrepreneur, in my opinion. Well, I'm going to delve, I want to delve a little deeper with you here now. All right. What Sorry. is one question you would ask him if you had the chance to actually sit down with him? How do you sell your vision to someone else? Like I can do that with art, right? Because I can, I can take a story that I'm sharing using a visual and show it to my people so that they, their heartstrings are pulled the same way mine are or the way that I intended them to. But taking your own idea based on whatever parameters uh, like a, a major corporation would give you and, and, and then selling that to them. Um, I think, I think I would like that. No. But you know, there's something else that he does that's really cool that, that is really hard for me as a creator is uh, he can plan, shoot, create, uh, basically project manage multiple shoots, multiple creative ideas, uh, long-term ideas. And I don't know how to help do that. Like I understand project management, but it, just organizing these major creative endeavors is um, it just just it just breaks my brain a little bit. So so maybe I'd ask him about that too. Let's make sure to tag him when this episode comes out. Let's now look into the future here, Jason. What are you working on right now? What's next for all of your entrepreneurial endeavors? Man, I am neck deep in NFTs right now. Like, so, uh, okay, so for anyone who's not listening, NFTs or non-fungible tokens are um, ownership on blockchain of real or digital assets or real or virtual assets. And using them, I've been able to sell art. And because of this new new space, this, this new universe of art and art collectors and, and expression, I've been able to create a lot of work that I never would have done before, mainly this fan, fantasy portrait landscapes 
artworks because as a, as a career artist for the past 10 years, I have more or less been stuck within the landscape work because that's what, that's the product that sells the best. Um, but NFTs have allowed me to, to take this latent sort of backburnered creativity that I've wanted to, to get into more people's hands mm-hmm. and to be rewarded for its creation. Um, and really, really, really push hard behind that and, and dig in. And, um, and that's a hell of a good time. So, you know, like I, I've created this series of portraits of, of angels. So real photographs, wings and production and all that. Um, and tomorrow they go into 1200 people's hands. Wow. So, you know, my collector base just quadrupled. Well, that's Real exciting. Art. Yeah, I think it's awesome. And, and I'm excited to, that means I have to manage a community that just became five times bigger. And um, in addition to being an artist and being an entrepreneur. So it, it's cool. And that's pretty much what, I, what I'm stuck in right now is exploring the NFT crypto space as an artist and creator. Sound like an entrepreneur hustling on to the next thing. You mentioned trading as your hobby. Is it strictly crypto, Bitcoin, or are you also trading stocks and other things? I'm just in crypto now. I used to trade um, and and I've maintained a stock portfolio for a while, but it's all crypto now. Excellent to hear. Evolving. You hear it? He's big into crypto. If you're interested, you should look on some more information because he's very big into it. We are now going to hop into the spotlight story. If it's your first episode with us, towards the end of each show, I share an entrepreneurial journey with you, the listeners, and my guest gives you his take on it. Let's see who we have today. It's Bob Parsons, another veteran-turned-entrepreneur, and he is the founder of GoDaddy. And I thought this was a great story because of today's guest also being of service. Bob Parsons was born in 1950 to a middle-class family and admits and admits that not much was given to him in a silver spoon. Rather, he earned almost everything that he has today, and I love that. He was in the Marine Corps, a rifleman in 1969 for the Delta Company during a tour of duty in Vietnam, even sustained some injuries, but for the purposes of today's show, we are going to focus on his entrepreneurial journey. He graduated magna cum laude, took the CPA exam, became a CPA, But then he went like an entrepreneur. He bought a Radio Shack TRS-80 computer and spent hours programming it. This hobby turned into a successful business where he wrote the accounting program for and decided to sell it. This company became Parsons Technology, where it grew to have 1,000 employees and covered 4% of the software market in North America. In 1994, he sold the company for something small, just $64 million, but this led him to founding GoDaddy in 1997. It is a web hosting company and internet domain registrar. For some of our older listeners out there, I remember these commercials on the TV. I was really ahead of its time, I thought. He also received the Ed Dennison Business Leadership of the Year at the Governor's Celebration of Innovation and Arizona Corporate Excellence Award. In 2007, I really enjoy seeing these military stories where they come out of the doing service and become successful entrepreneurs like yourself, Jason. What's your favorite part of his story? Uh, so the thing that that strikes me is not necessarily about Bob, but about the two different mentalities that you get when you are 
in the service and, and as you leave. So when you're in the military, one of the things that's different about military life and that the, the tribal connection that you get versus when you come out and and it's it's more of everybody for themselves is that you, you're not responsible for yourself when you're in the military. You are responsible for everyone around you and they are responsible for you. But in a lot of ways, like if you get in trouble, everyone gets punished and you get punished for when someone else gets in trouble. So there's a different way of looking at family and, and looking at responsibility. And I think that when you're in the military, you or when, when the idea that you adopt or the mentality you adopt as you are transitioning out or while you're in and you take with you is that you're either looking out for everyone else or you expect people to work out for you. And I think that the entrepreneurs I know who were in the military before are, are the first. They're, they're the ones who, who adopted a, a mentality of looking out for everybody else and taking care of the people around you versus a more submissive approach of just letting the tribe take you where it's going to go. So, I mean, I imagine Bob is one of these people who's, who, who always has other people in, the, in his mind and, and how do you create, how does he create something that will serve a lot of people all at once? And that's what, that's what GoDaddy did. My, my work is on GoDaddy or, or my site is registered on GoDaddy. Yeah. And I started with them first. And, and I think that's, that might be, you know, the divide um, pers perspective and cultural of people, people in the military transitioning. I love the analysis. Thank you for that. And that's interesting that you actually do use GoDaddy as well. I believe I ended up getting mine through, um, I want to say Wix, just through Wix, because I ended up building the site through there when I started my entrepreneurial journey. But in addition to that great analysis, I also want to thank you for so much great value throughout the show. Your great proof that even though things didn't work out like you predicted, it, it kind of flipped, but you could still love life. You shared your Art Basel story where even though things didn't work out, you ended up seeing a lot of positives out of the situation and breaking even was just an accomplishment in itself due to the 10% of attendees. And you also, at the end, talked about adjusting perspectives. Adjusting perspectives is key. Change the way you're looking at something. I'd like to now, Jason, ask you for your last word. You know, uh, so I teach a course called Artists Selling Art. And, and where I, we, we spoke about it where I help artists um, become uh, career artists. And one of the things I try to express to them and, and really put a, a plant a seed in their mind is this mentality, this, this mental shift of learn to love the work. Because our brains and our memories are built on um, peak moments. So beginnings and ends. And we come up with ideas, whether you're an artist or an entrepreneur who's trying to build, uh, you know, Parsons or, or GoDaddy, we have this idea of how things are going to end. I'm going to have GoDaddy and it's going to be in the hands of millions of people who all have computers and, and, and blah, blah, blah. But the, the magic happens in between, between idea and execution. And that's where most people fail. So if you can learn to love the in-between, you know, the trough or the long road without sights or whatever you want to call it, um, the boring part of the journey. If you can learn to make that not boring, then you can accomplish anything. So that's my, that's my final thought. And it doesn't matter whether you're an artist or, or if you're building an application for, for the next 
hey, wearable it's... health device. It's an incredible last word. I expected nothing less because you delivered such an incredible episode, Jason. Where can everybody find you? Social media, website, course you have, all that. So you can find all of my artwork on jasonmatias.com. And if you're an artist looking for the artist loving art, you can just Google that or go to the blue bar at the top of my website. All of my socials, Twitter and Instagram is where I live. And that is real Jason Matias. Thank you for sharing that, everyone. Be sure to go check out his art and say hello. We are on social media, too, at That Entrepreneur Show on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. But on Twitter, because of the character limit, we are at Podcasts by Lancey. But you will get updates from all of my shows. My handles are at Vincent A. Lancey for social media, YouTube, and my website is VincentALancey.com. My latest book is Mental Health Week, the go-to book for elementary school students to level up their mental health in a fun way. Let's end with a quote that inspired me. It's from Bob Parsons, and it teaches us it doesn't have to be sexy to be successful and encourages us to get creative. Quote, that whole business was about as exciting as a cup of sawdust. Mm-hmm. We made the business exciting through our commercials and made it a fun and, th- and made it a fun thing to be associated with. As I mentioned, I see I remember the commercials growing up. Thank you for listening, and we will see you on the next episode of That Entrepreneur Show. Jason, thank you for stopping by. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me.